Howdy, y'all, and welcome to The Daily Grind. I'm your host, John Spencer. Grab a mug of your favorite brew and get ready to become the sharpest tool in the shed when it comes to water cooler chatter, conference room banner, and job site small talk. I'm going to give you the rundown on today's date, share some interesting historical facts, toss out just a few random musings to get your brain gears turning. Plus, I'll offer up some thoughts to ponder on our walk with Jesus. Joining me this week, once again, I am so honored to be co-hosted with my sister, Carla Cockrum. Hello, hello, Daily Grind. And now it's that time on the Daily Grind to brew your brain. It's Tuesday. August 1st. Yay, August is finally here, which uh, means we're in the middle of summer if you're in Texas. (laughs) Unless you're a teacher and then you're going to work today. That's true. Oh, (laughs) and I know some amazing people. August is a good month. I know some people Mm -hmm. have birthdays in August. Right? Some of my favorites. Some of my favorites. On August 1st in 1834, slavery was abolished in Jamaica. Oh, good deal. And on this date in 1944, Anne Frank made her last entry in her diary. Oh, my goodness. All right. And in 1957, on August 1st, the United States and Canada formed the North American Aerospace Defense Command. You probably know it as NORAD. I was about to say, I don't believe I've ever heard those words before. Yep. So NORAD, yeah, 1957. And here's an interesting thing about that. Due to a wrong phone number. Oh, no. (laughs) In a Sears ad misprint, a child called NORAD to check on where Santa was that evening, December 24th. And NORAD has been tracking Santa every Christmas Eve since its inception. Ever since. How about that? A strategic mistake. There you go. And on this date in 1961, Six Flags Over Texas, the first park in the Six Flags chain, opened in Arlington, Texas. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yes, and they had the big slide under the oil derrick that only old-time Six Flags people. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. What a fun place in the old days. I know. And on this date... Out the log right in the Spelunkers <laughs> Cave. And on this date in 1990, Tim Berners and Lee and Robert Kalaihu created the prototype HTML language and the World Wide Web. Oh, sorry, it was not Al Gore. I was if you just were... about to say, <laughs> what? what happened to Al Gore? Oh. <laughs> well, good for those guys. Yeah, oh. HTML. Oh, yeah, it's HT- HTML birthday. There you okay. go. Happy birthday. And August 1st is Mejong Day. Uh, you want to play a tile game? game? Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got yeah. it. Got it. Where you okay. match the tiles. It's Raspberry Cream Pie Day. Oh, that sounds good. It's Girlfriend's Day. Okay. Yay for it's Minority Donor Awareness Day. It is Respect for Parents Day. Oh, that's a great day. <laughs> Didn't we have some great parents? Uh, yes, 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 yes we, we did. did. 
we are we are much too much is given much is required (laughs) when it comes to our (sighs) it is also um rounds resounding day it's kind of a music rounds resounding day okay yep and it's world lung cancer day oh okay and now it's that time of the daily grind to sharpen your wit you know, I just threw away the other day a Snapple cap without reading the fact in it. And <gasps> I'm just going to have to live the rest of my life knowing <laughs> I am one fact stupider than I could have been. Oh, I, I hope you get over it, though. <laughs> Gosh. The, the political terms left wing and right wing mm-hmm. can be traced back to the French Revolution. And it referred to the side of the assembly that politicians sat on. And the right was supportive of the king and the upper class. And the left was supportive of the revolution and the lower class. Okay. This, the etymology of that term. All right. I thought I had if, something to do with birds. So just you know, let it go. If you think about you know if time travel ever became possible and i was to go back in time 150 years Mm -hmm. i'm convinced that the most technologically advanced thing that i would actually know how to invent might be a skateboard okay (laughs) got some simple machines that work there you could do it i believe in you don castle which was used in the filming of the game of thrones Mm-hmm. was also used in the filming of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, no. <laughs> A classic. Oh. And, um, but I think only Game of Thrones had a Starbucks in it. <laughs> so, <laughs> the price of Coca-Cola stayed at a nickel for over 70 years. What? And as a result, for the longest time, vending machines... Only took nickels. Oh my goodness. And before they raised the price to a dime, the president of Coca-Cola had asked President Eisenhower if they would be willing to mint a seven and a half cent coin to keep the increase from doubling. Oh my goodness. I know. And how did Coca-Cola beat inflation like that? I'm Dwight. Dwight said no. I know. Right. In fact, I can remember, um, and so it went to a dime. It doubled. But I can remember oh. Dad saying that they used to, uh, you know, they would save up money and they could go into town and see a movie, mm-hmm. buy a hamburger, and buy a Coke for twenty-five cents. I remember that too. Yeah, oh, it's crazy. Some people will be born. And live their whole lives and die without ever running as fast as they possibly can. Um, I think a lot of people. <laughs> I think yeah, that would some, happen to a maybe, lot of people. Maybe the majority. I don't know. You know, oh, have you ever no English? One, no one yeah. wants to run as fast as they can. <laughs> somebody, yeah. Oh. And the people who have done that, somebody probably yeah. made them. It's like the, on my own. I just want to oh. English is one of those weird things because there are here's just three useless letters: the G in gnome. I don't know why it's there. Mm-hmm. The K in knife. That silent K. That silent mm-hmm. G. And the silent P in jacuzzi. <laughs> 
Stop. <laughs> you know, oh. whenever I hear someone say, I seen, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that they are never going to follow the that phrase up with the inside of a book. Exactly. <laughs> At least so. not a grammar book. Oh. <laughs> That's and, just a pet peeve. Yeah, yes. I gotta let that go. Okay. I've seen. <laughs> the oh, and I just moved from not. East Texas, you know, where <laughs> that's just how we do things. <laughs> there you go. Now it's that time on the daily grind to enrich your faith. Prayer that Paul prayed for the Colossians for wisdom and gratitude this morning. Just a little bit about this little letter. Paul is probably in prison in Ephesus. He's on the coast of modern Turkey, and he's writing to this new church at Colossae. It's about 100 miles inland. And he has a letter to Philemon that's already on his way to Colossae that he's writing. Includes mention of Philemon's slave, Onesimus. Onesimus is going back to Colossae and to Philemon's household along with Tychicus. Paul doesn't say, though, that he's excited because he's heard about their holiness and obedience to a strict new moral code. He does indeed want them to live a new sort of life, but that will come in due time. Paul really puts his finger instead on the key thing, the fruit that appears quietly but surely within a genuine Christian community. Epaphras, he says is a man from Colossae who came back with Paul to Ephesus, told us about your love in the spirit. That's the sign. This love doesn't simply mean that they all just have really good feelings about each other. They may, they may not. But what really matters is that the behavior that identifies so much of the world, lust, anger, lies, so on, the kind of things that split up families and communities, It's being replaced by kindness, gentleness, forgiveness, and acceptance of one another as members of the same family, even when there are major differences in race, background, culture. This, as far as Paul is concerned, is the true sign of God at work, and he is thrilled and grateful to hear about it. So in Colossians 1, 9-14, Paul prays this prayer. For this reason, from the day we heard it, we haven't stopped praying for you. We're we're asking God to fill you with the knowledge of what he wants for you in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. This will mean that you will be able to conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the Lord and to give him real delight as you bear fruit in every good work and you grow up in the knowledge of God. I pray you'll be given all possible strength according to the power of his glory so that you'll have complete patience and become truly steadfast and joyful. And I pray that you will learn to give thanks to the Father who has made you fit to share the inheritance of God's holy ones in the light. He's delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son. He is the one whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. As I said, Paul is in prison in Ephesus, and he's writing to this fledgling church that's just brimming with energy and enthusiasm, yet unaware of the dangers and challenges they will face. Unfortunately, Paul cannot physically be present with them to provide guidance and teaching. However, 
relying solely on human abilities won't suffice to lead a young church to maturity. While human skills are important, they remain limited to earthly matters. When people embrace Christianity, God infuses them with a new sense of his presence and love for guidance and strength. This inner sense, it requires nurturing and development. New Christians must understand the transformation happening within them and learn to cooperate with the divine life that has begun to work in them. Paul's wanting to help the church of Colossians get a hold of that stuff. So despite being in prison, Paul can still aid in this process in a couple of ways. Through his writing, which he's doing in this letter that amazingly we have 2,000 years later, and most importantly, through prayer. Even though he can't be physically present with the Colossians, he knows that the same God who is with them is also with him. And through prayer, he can contribute to their journey towards Christian maturity. Epaphras too has been involved in this prayerful support. Paul reveals what he's been praying for when he thinks of Colossae. Whether you are a new Christian seeking growth in your faith or a Christian leader who really wants to help nurture those that you care for, those that you are discipling, Paul's prayer for this new church at Colossae offers a great model. The foundation of Paul's prayer, the new Christian instinct becomes deeply rooted in them. Paul wants this young group of Christians to grasp God's will for themselves They need wisdom and spiritual understanding, not just theoretical knowledge or human traditions. The crucial aspect is that a profound inner sense of this newly created human life received from God and understanding what fosters or hinders it. Within this inner wisdom and understanding, teaching alone won't create genuine disciples. Once that foundation is established, Paul's prayer shifts to two other aspects behavior, and bearing fruit. The new Christian instinct should lead to a lifestyle that delights God, reflecting his glorious intentions for his human creation to bring about and be a part of his kingdom. I think some common misconceptions about God's intentions for human behavior can be really debunked here. God wants human life to flourish and bear fruit, not to deprive us of joy or grudging approval. Genuine Christian living brings pleasure to God. Contrary to the mistaken idea that he is harsh and hard to please. To manifest the new life effectively, Christians need energy, power, and strength to live according to the new way. God's power has already rescued believers from the kingdom of darkness and transferred them into Jesus's kingdom. That same power is available to align their lives with the new world unfolding before them. So Paul draws a parallel between God's work in Jesus and the exodus from Egypt where God liberated the Israelites. Becoming a Christian means leaving Egypt of sin and gratefully journeying towards the promised inheritance. The pinnacle of Paul's prayer for this young group of Christians is to cultivate a spirit of thanksgiving. He emphasizes this throughout this letter. Viewing gratitude as a sign of healthy Christian growth towards maturity. Gratitude to God 
for his extraordinary work in Jesus and continued presence in the world and their lives is essential. Spontaneous gratitude reveals that they are coming to know and love the true God, not an imaginary one. Paul encourages a life marked by thanksgiving. So I pray today that you'll be given all possible strength according to the power of our Father's glory and that y'all will have complete patience and become truly steadfast and joyful. And I pray that you will learn to give thanks to the Father who has made us all fit to share in the inheritance of God's holy ones in light and has brought us redemption and salvation through Jesus. Thanks for joining me on the Daily Grind. I hope to see you tomorrow. Grace and peace to you.